Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic, <laughs> and I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, "Why isn't he talking?" Oh, we're not on the screen, oh, and it's the Magic Mike Show. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is. The podcast listeners, I can just edit that out. You'll have no idea that there was 10 seconds or so of just dead, silent air throughout. Yeah, that, we're so. magic just talking into nothing. I'm just waiting to be yeah. popped up. I, I could have pulled this up. I just, I, I thought you were going to do it, man. Yeah. No, listen. It, yeah. You would have. You magic Mike that show. Because... Huzzah! <laughs> hey, you escaped Las Vegas. Huzzah! <laughs> I did. I did. It was uh, the Santa Barbara airport closed on Monday. Just straight up closed on me. So I was, uh, was stuck in Vegas an extra day. Uh, now I'm heading back there. What tomorrow, Saturday, something like that, and so, so one or two more days, I'll be right back in Vegas for uh, for Super Bowl weekend, and then heading back. Uh, hopefully, getting back on Monday. We'll see what happens. I don't think we're gonna get any rain, so it should be Monday. No, yeah, thankfully, I think all the rain is done uh, for us here in Los Angeles. It stopped. I think middle of the night last night, maybe mm-hmm. early, early this morning. I don't know about you in Santa Barbara, but it's been like people's stuff is getting washed away. Roads are getting all washed out. It's crazy out here. <laughs> I came back and my wife had sandbags in front of our garage. I was like, "Whoa, sandbags! <laughs> wow. wow, you really, you really went for it here. I like it." <laughs> well, you, uh, I, I see you moved everything with you from Florida, so you just brought those with you. Yeah, I know you, you know, need those in everything. Florida, but <laughs> we bring we bring the weather. What can I say? You don't want us to move to your town. There will be a natural disaster occurring in the next twelve months if that happens. <laughs> well, luckily, there's a hopefully not going to be a natural disaster at Tampa Bay this weekend. It's a, a very tricky sequence here on uh, the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs. Um, I'm taking a shot or two here and there, but you're playing a short ticket. It's hard to have a really strong opinion in all five of these races. I think maybe one race I have a strong opinion, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I mean, I, I obviously I was single, so I, I believe that is a pretty strong opinion. But it's a pretty popular strong opinion, so I'm not really gonna like you know tip my cap to myself on that one. I ran out of horses to use in more races than I did. Like, got really excited about one specific horse, so I struggled in a couple spots. I mean, even in the Tampa Bay Derby, I'm like, I really only have interest in three of these horses. In the last race, it was really one, maybe two. I could push for three, but it was tough. Uh, same thing happened really in the first race, where I'm like, I just like I don't I don't like anyone else except for these two horses so uh, that made it very very easy to shorten the ticket down then it was the decision of okay how do we structure this to try and make it profitable and uh, we're gonna we're gonna press the we're gonna hit the little press button a little bit go for a two dollar ticket cost 72 bucks instead of a traditional 50 center wow now you muted yourself you're just off to a hot start here before we even get Jeez, to the point where what is going on the- with me today <laughs> my I, I was unbuttoned it's just i'm a complete mess right now yeah let's just get into it tampa bay downs late big five saturday february 10th Riders up! Robin in the chat says, uh, Life Talk's got to be your single. Wrong mm. pick five. That's the early pick five. Suncoast Stakes Kentucky Oaks Prep Race is yep. race five on the card. We've got races seven through 11. We're going to start with race seven at Tampa Bay Downs, the first leg of this late pick five. It's the Minaret Stakes for nine, older of fillies and mares, sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. Where'd you go on top, buddy? Well, I'll tell you where I didn't go on top. The two Chi-Town lady. I, uh, you mentioned you're against a horse later. I'm against this one pretty aggressively. Not a big fan of Chi-Town lady. People remember the win and the test. That race absolutely collapsed 
absolutely collapsed and then comes back and, and repeats the buyer for running sixth in the Breeders' Cup race. It's like, yeah, no, don't trust you at all. Uh, and don't trust Chi-Town Lady in this spot at all. I want to put the three-horse unifying on top here for Riley Mott, who is a six, or silently, I guess not that silently, really, gotten off to a wonderful <laughs> start to his career here. He's 13% so far this year, but gotten some big prices home and some winners. This horse is really improving through that summer section of 2023. Uh, capped that with a win in a stakes race at Ellis Park. Debuted at Gulfstream in the Rampart, and I thought ran okay. Uh, didn't get the best of trips. That was also at a mile. We're cutting back to six furlongs. I think a better distance here for unifying. Notice that Ired Ortiz took them out that day. I think that's a pretty good sign when Ired's willing to get on top of one of these horses. And now we've got Alvarado picking up the mount. Mary Quite Contrary won that race. I, I think with a better trip, unifying would have been much closer. Now we're cutting back, like I said, to that one, uh, that six furlong distance, which is what unifying really wants to do. Has tactical speed, but doesn't need the lead, which I think is an awfully big positive in this spot as well. Uh, and like the price, I'm surprised we're getting four to one because of that uh, that ridiculous five to two on Chi Town Lady. That there's no way Chi Town Lady is the favorite when they go off, right? Like there's she should not be the favorite. There's one race you point to that you mention, right? I mean, she got bet in her last two, too, though. This is Wesley Ward in a sprint race. Like, she got bet in the yeah. Keeneland race. It ended up running third, but it was sub two to one. Was bet in her last race, was sub two to one. Uh, yeah, the only race that wins this is the one that you point to, the test. But that test was so aided by everyone else sucking. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was what, like a six horse field, something like that. It was mm-hmm. seven horse field. Six of them were speed, and she was the closer. And it played out exactly like you'd expect. Six of them went, and one of them was still running, even a lick at the end. And that, that was Chi-Town Lady. So, uh, yeah, I'm not backing her 5-2 here. No thanks. Hard pass. So I went three deep here. Uh, at the last second, I added one because I, I could afford to do it. But the top two for me are the two you're using. I didn't have unifying second but it, er, in first, but at one point I did. I also really like the other one, number four, Lady Rattler at 9-2. to two. This horse has got the speed to be in it from the start, but she's not a need-the-lead type, which you've got to like in a spot like this where there's the pace could be you know coming from the one, it could come from the seven, it could come from the eight. Like it, A lot of potential speed. The four, I think, is able to sit off. She won the grade three Dogwood at Churchill Downs going seven furlongs using that stock and pounce tactic. But then she won at Pimlico going six furlongs in the $50,000 stakes going gate to wire. So if nobody wants the lead, Jose Ortiz picking up the mount for the first time for a trainer that wins 22% locally in the last year. That's a good sign. And just like with the three, the four is also making her first start at age four. And any improvement off of the best effort from either the three or the four in their four-year-old debut makes them really the horse to beat here. Yeah, it would make either of them very, very tough. And and I like it when uh, Jose picks up a mount for a barn that, that's rather small. Michael Campbell only sent out 49 horses so far. or So last year, ended up winning 22% of those. Only sent out eight so far in this meet. So not someone who sends out a ton of horses, but when they do, they run pretty well. This horse was successful in the grade three Dogwood at Churchill Downs. I think that's significant because you want to see a trainer like this be able to win graded stakes if you're going to back a horse who is in one of these. And uh, like... You, you put you hit the nail on the head. Like if this horse improves at four, uh, gonna be really really dangerous here in a race where I just I don't love anyone. Like after the three and the four, I was looking at like, hey, can I make a case for the six switching over to the Safi barn? Can I make a case for the eight here? Like I I was going w- away from like the one and the two and and just I, I decided I was just gonna go too deep here because I was gonna play a two dollar ticket. If I extended it out, the seven and the eight were the other two I would have used. I'm throwing the six down as my last one, and it's really it's because it's first time Safi, and he's winning 29 percent at Champa Pay Downs right yeah. now. Uh, get you know, Manesis has moved over here since the championship meets going on at Gulfstream. He's doing uh, a lot of his running over at Tampa right now. 
really that's it i mean there's a couple races she also is coming from off the pace i was trying to find a horse coming from off the pace that i was going to try and play because the four tends to be more forwardly placed uh the three is really good at six furlongs but i also think the six has got a nice you know closing kick she could come from several lengths off and get the job done it is a step up in class compared to what she's been facing mostly but it's not a huge step up in class so again that small step up and first time for Safi. 15 to 1, why not? I'll put Bazinga C on there. Yeah, and, and like if you scratch out the two parks races, Bazinga C wouldn't be 15 to 1 in this race. If you take those two out, that horse is probably 6 to 1, 7 to 1, somewhere in that range. So I, I think the 6 makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was 3, 4, 6, 8, so don't, uh, don't hate the pick of the 6 here if you're using someone else. But yeah, I, I just... This was one of those races where I'm like, I like the three and the four. And outside of that, I'm really trying to stretch to make a case for anybody. And I didn't feel like doing that in this spot. I kind of wanted to use the one, but not at three to one. When I think that she could get stuck inside of a pace duel, you would assume that she's going to get sent because she's been all doing all of her running on the front end. It's also why I left the seven off is a similar situation. I think this horse is a need the lead type. And if, if she gets the lead, she could be dangerous, but I don't think she's fast enough to just get a, a easy lead. Like you got to go back to her, uh, her win at Gulfstream Park on my birthday last year, June 16th, in a claiming race, and she got out to a her huge early lead. But that was also, you know, non-championship meet Gulf uh, Gulfstream Park. All of her championship meet Gulfstream Park races do not stack up to what uh, effort she needs here. Yeah, I mean, you're just expecting a huge improvement second time out as a four-year-old that's that's the reason you're playing the seven is that you like we're, we're going to go back to our best race and we're going to prove 10 percent off it and if that's the case then yeah uh I, I could see it possible it's seven off the pace is my issue i don't see the seven being off the pace too much there and as for the one i would rather take the eight which is the other o'connell uh paoma uh, here who if you you can see has been able to pass horses specifically last time out was able to pass horses now we're getting debut as a five-year-old you need to improve if you go back to those golf stream races with larry bates the source was good enough to be able to compete with this level faced olivia darling back in the day but uh, yeah to me this is uh this is mainly a two-horse race i think it's the three and the four and i'm not i'm not going all that crazy afterward well we have pretty solid agreement in all uh sorry four of the five legs but this leg the second leg is where we're going to really diverge race eight is the second leg it's the pelican stakes We've got eight older males going six furlongs on the dirt. Nakatomi, the nine to five favorite. I'm trying to play against him here, but you're using him. I am using him. I've got him. Uh, I've him as a top pick here. Look, this is just the best horse in this race. Like I, I went round and round trying to beat this horse and be like, well, okay, can I make a case for Hurricane J on the rail? And I, I tried to do my best because I've liked this horse in the past, and I just I couldn't get to it. And then you look at, okay, how's this going to set up from a pace perspective? Well, the three is going to go. The four is going to go. The five is going to go. Uh, the seven has speed the two is just gonna be able to sit behind a wall of horses and pounce and and, and it just makes you feel like the perfect trip here for is coming for nakatome i i would love to beat nakatome i just don't see this as a spot where you can take a shot against he his last two races you'd be like oh yeah well really three if you go back to when he won at saratoga in the slop it's like yeah those races would all win this you know miss uh to hoist the gold by three quarters of length at keeneland in a grade two race and hoist the gold uh, went to the Breeders' Cup Great. sprint, actually finished behind Nakatomi in that spot, but then won the Cigar Mile, and then actually ran a pretty credible fourth in the Pegasus World Cup. And then last time out for Nakatomi, he was third in the Breeders' Cup sprint behind Elite Power Gun, easily the best two in that division. Uh, Speedboat Beach finished fourth. Speedboat Beach came back and dominated the Malibu. So he's beaten, he's, he's run well with good company, 
My problem is if you look four back in the Maryland sprint, I'm like, he should have been a lot better in that spot. He lost a freaking prevalence. Uh, before that, the Commonwealth, he was horrible. Before that, he was didn't do all that well in the Tom Fool. Like, he shows up when it's allowance time, but when it's stakes time, he doesn't show up. And it's just, it, I've been burned by him too many times here uh, to want to play him here at 9-5. to five. Um, I, I ended up going with Sibelius, your defending champion, to win this race for the second straight year. Should sit, a, I think, a stalking outside trip, power home in the stretch like we saw him do last year. Uh, he doesn't need the lead, which is great. Winner in three of his last four, including, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I was looking at my list for the last one, but just like last year with Sibelius, uh, he won the grade three Mr. Prospector, then came here, used it as a prep, and then went to the grade one, group one Golden Shaheen. That's exactly the plan here with Sibelius again. I don't really think Nakatomi is strong enough to knock him down. The only thing that I think worries me with Sibelius a little bit, and why I didn't single him, is on the off chance he just gets stuck into a pace duel, isn't able to relax for whatever reason. That could be his undoing because, like, we both are saying there is a bunch of pace in here. But as long as he can just settle off a little bit, I think he's got a strong chance to repeat. Yeah, and he was able to do that. I mean, what he did in the Pelican last year I thought was really impressive because he they went 21-2, and 43-4, and four, and he was on the lead and able to win that race in a field of 10. A field not quite as good as this one. I'm more worried about you get the Phoenix trip where he was pressing 21-3, and 44-4, and four, ended up running six with Nakatomi, Nakatomi beating him. We'll see if he's gotten better here at the age of six, not this time out of pulpit. Like this is one of those horses that's just really well bred uh, and should just love sprinting and has in his career. I mean, 12, four for 12 at the distance of $1.4 million in earnings. Not too bad. A lot of that obviously came in the Golden Shaheen. I didn't use Sibelius. Uh, I just, I'm worried about the pace duel. I'm worried about where he's going to be sitting. I'm worried about the price. Like I, I realize. I, if I'm using Nakatomi, I don't want to use Sibelius as well, especially since I'm only going too deep here and use the two favorites to try and get through. I went to the four, Super Ocho instead. Um, we've seen Sanchez horses run very, very well coming over from Chile. And this is one of those that looked awesome on debut at Mountaineer, ironically. Not sure why we debuted at Mountaineer, uh, but then just run, why jump not? right in. <laughs> yeah, like, like just totally random. Uh, then just jumps right into <laughs> Stakes Company. Doesn't do that great, then kind of gets, uh, gets a reboot. And since the since the race in the Golden Shaheen, where this horse ran not great again, eleventh in that race where where Sibelius won, coming back to the U.S. wins at Delta, runs well at Fairgrounds, wins at Oaklawn. It just feels like this horse kind of figured something out this year, which is ironic again because it's six 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 year old. But um, he likes to be fast. He likes to be on the lead. He likes to get out there early. I think this is your best of the speed horses. And so I want to take this, the speed of the speed, and then I'll take the horse that I think is going to be able to come from off it. So I'm just 2-4 here. If I went three deep, Super Oats would be the next one on. <clears throat> he's, a, he's, a, he's a funny little horse, right? He, he's very fast, but then it's, it's it, he's just a funny horse. But uh, Rob's with you. He went 2-4-6 here. Um, my other horse, and I'm actually going to go with where Doc's going. I like the eight a little bit. If... If Sibelius loses, it's because there's a pace meltdown and he isn't able to sustain it. And Nakatomi is going to come running, but I like Carmel Chip, who's going to be 20 times the price of Nakatomi. I think is just as likely to get up there for the win as Nakatomi because Nakatomi doesn't really like to win all that much. Uh, this is the horse that was winner in three of his last four, including last out. He reeled in a loose leader to win by three lengths. That loose leader finished second. Four lengths ahead of third place, so very widespread out. But the fact that he was able to catch that horse, pull him in, and clear out for the big victory was uh, impressive to me. And you note that Irad rode him four of his last five starts. Irad's going to stay at Gulfstream Park this weekend. Jose picks up the mount. They have the same agent. 
Jose picks up a lot of the IRAD mounts on this card at Tampa Bay Downs. So I went with the eight Carmel chip, just thinking the one way Sibelius loses is there's a pace meltdown. Yeah, I, I so we're not that far off. I was uh, two four seven eight here. So we, I, I the two horses that you liked, <laughs> I, I would have used if I had gone four deep in this spot. Played a fifty cent ticket. The one thing I got to say, just about the, like your slander on Nakatome here, you're like, okay, Carmel Chip likes to win more than Nakatomi. If Carmel, if Nakatomi was running in ten thousand dollar allowances, I think he'd have a couple more wins. Okay, he probably would have won those. He might. <laughs> come on, <might>. come on. <laughs> You send, send Nakatomi to, to, to like bottom level fairgrounds allowances. I think he'd be doing okay too. Uh, but I agree with the, the, the statement that look, Carmel Chip is going to be rolling from off the pace. My biggest issue is like they, I realize every now and then, like you can go back to the Gulfstream race back in twenty three when he runs a number uh, that, that is equivalent to what you're going to need to win this in the fa- on fast tracks. His last two races, which would put him in play, they're both over sloppy tracks. And he has been very good over a muddy track or off track. He's three for six in his career. He's got a massive timeless rating of 428. I, I'm worried a little bit that his numbers are inflated in those last two simply because they were muddy tracks. That's fair. Yeah, and that was a part of concern. And, and really, those three of those last four races, those were all wins. They were all in the slop. So he's going to have to try and take a step forward. But hey, maybe I'll get lucky and, and the torrential rainstorms we got in L.A. are going to Oldsmar, Florida. Super Nino or something. So it is supposed to be uh, more more damp in southern Florida as well. Well, we get this rain out here in California. I appreciate you saying damp and not moist. Third leg of the Tampa Bay Downs, late pick five, Saturday, February 10th, race nine. On the turf for 10, three-year-old maiden fillies routing a mile and a 16th. Where'd you go on top, buddy? I'm gonna go the first time starter here, uh, and I, I we will get to that in a second. I do want to, I'm interested if you use the one or not, so we'll talk about the one a little bit later. But my top pick here, Bell of Rights, the five horse for Suge McGahee. This is a uh, a daughter of Constitution out of a more than ready mare, so should absolutely love to run on the turf here. Uh, we always talk about debuting and debuting distances. Bell of Rights, uh, like Suge McGahee, first starters, ten percent. First starters over a mile, 16%. So much better when they're going a little bit longer here. Jose Ortiz decides to pick up the mounts. Uh, I'm going to go with Bella Wrights, who just regally bred in this spot. Uh, I went three deep. We agree on two of them, and this is one of them. Uh, Shook only 11% in the last year with first out. But he's also 41% in the last year at Tampa. It's been fun to play him, especially on the turf at Tampa yeah. lately. So, yeah, I agree with you on the five, Bell of Rights. The other one I use that we agree on is the number nine, oversubscribed. Chad Brown, first-time starter on the Tampa Bay turf. Tyler Gaffleone hops aboard. Chad's winning 29% at Tampa, 21% with Tyler Gaffleone aboard in the last year. First-time starter, we've seen Chad Brown do this. Uh, quite often where he brings maybe not his absolute a squad over to tampa although last year a couple years he's doing because he hated gulfstream's turf course but he sends them over here they get the win and kind of build that confidence up and see where they're going to fit if monmouth or saratoga where they go stakes wise but number nine oversubscribed was actually my top pick here yeah, that's my other must-use second pick here for me. Um, and this Tyler Gaffleon gets aboard. He's ridden 66 for times for Chad Brown the last two years. They're clicking off at 20%. It's a Clarovich horse. Uh, it, again, another phenomenally bred horse. Uh, too darn hot, who's son of Dabawi, um, and then Cape Cross on the bottom side. So she should absolutely love the turf every step of the way here. Gates, a little, the post position's a little questionable. We'll see if she has some speed, but you do have enough bullets in there to think that she's not going to be too far back here. Uh, this is the Brown, I think, that that has the shot at winning here. So I, I was five nine, and then I went to uh, I went to the eight here, uh, Gossiper, and this is a Bill Mott horse, uh, English daughter of English Channel. 
Alvarado gets them out here. You look at that last race, you know, watched it again on the replay, and it, I just felt like her drawing the one post was the worst possible thing. It, you just watch how she got it out of the gate. She didn't like it at all. She went toward the back of the pack. I think it just put her behind the eight ball. We talk a lot about how when you have first-time starters in the one post, it's incredibly difficult because you're naturally going to break in. You got the rail there. Horses, you're outside. You're generally just going to fade back instead of get that like shootout break, and, and you're not going to be able to get any type of position. To me, that's exactly what happened here to Gossiper. Just never able to get any real position. Was able to do a little bit of running late in what was a okay race. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot better second time out from Gossiper here. Uh, I didn't use her, but I have her fourth in here. Uh, she is intriguing. She's got the breeding and it's Mott second time out. So you'd expect a big step forward. Uh, didn't pull the trigger. I didn't love that she's 9-2. to two. I know it's a step down from Gulfstream Park, but 9-2 to two after she was 12-1 to one on debut. Kind of went away from me here. I went all first-time starters because I really didn't see anything from anyone who's run, including the one, the other Chad, that I wanted to use. I went with the number three, Aqualina, 10-1. to 1. In the last year, Arnie Delacour is winning 17% at Tampa, 29% with Daniel Santino aboard. Breeding says the distance, the surface, conditions should all be good for her here. So I'm going to use her. I like the post position as well. She's not going to be like the nine where she's got to hustle out a little bit so she's not stuck super wide as they come off the shoot there. But I went with the three Aqualina, 10 to 1. Uh, don't hate it. Uh, you know, the, the horse definitely looks live from a workout perspective. Sold for $350,000, daughter of good magic, go sapper on the bottom. Another one that should like it. And blue devil racing stable generally does pretty good with horses that they purchase at auction. So, uh, not, not against it. I, okay. So who gets the lead? Like, who do you think <laughs> is ahead for the first turn? Man, I've been trying to figure that out. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I kind of. Yeah, I mean the four is is definitely possible. I kind of wanted to make a case for the seven, active who's coming out of Gulfstream Park Mile Race where the horse was forwardly placed and has a turf sprint on the form. But I, I'm not sure that horse is going to actually make the lead. Like, is it a first time starter that ends up on the lead? Is it the ten from the outside that ends up on the lead? Like, because you want to like Tampa Bay's turf course, speed favoring is like an understatement. You want to be forwardly placed on this turf course. I have no clue who makes the lead in this race. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, so many of them are first-time starters, and then the ones that aren't first-time starters, most of them have just been kind of trash. If the 10 wasn't drawn all the way out in the 10, I think, especially with the uh, with the Bug Boy board, you could definitely say that's the one that's going right to the lead, but might still do it. Yeah. <laughs> might very well still do it. Should we talk about the one for a second here? Yeah, let's talk about the one. So uh, Stents and Statins, my goodness, what a name. Uh, for Chad Brown, is it's the other one. I didn't use because she, in her debut at Saratoga with Flavia and Pratt aboard, was 12-1 to 1 and didn't really run a lick. And I, I watched it back, and she was on the lead, or uh, sorry, on the rail to break, but she didn't show anything. And now she comes back, she gets Sheminod, who's a jockey I like, but isn't an Ortiz, a Gaffleone, nothing like that. Why is she four to one here? Is it literally just is it the name Chad Brown? Yeah, I mean it's the Chad Brown aspect of it. The twelve to one jumped out at me too. How often is Brown Pratt first time starter twelve to one at Saratoga? Generally, you're going to get bet at least a little bit. In that case, horse did not get bet at all. Uh, broke from the rail, clearly struggled with it. Now we're getting back to the rail again today with a horse that just hasn't shown any real speed in the mornings and hasn't shown any speed on the track and is going to be. And like on the inside of that first bend that they do with the mile and a 16th, like I just a lot to not like with the one here. And so I, I felt like the, the Gaffleone 
tip there. Again, I don't like I don't dislike Shaman at all. It's just the fact that mm-hmm. Brown's only used him twice in the last two years. It tells you he's never going to be the first call. And so if you see him with another one in here, Gaffleon gets that call for Klarovich. It feels like there's a real discrepancy between the nine and the one everywhere except for the odds board. The uh, also, if you look back at that race at Saratoga, uh, weigh the risks was another Chad Brown in there. She was a three to five favorite and she got the win. She hasn't raced since then. Uh, but the other eight horses in that race, none of them have won on turf since then. That's a couple of them broke their maidens, but had to go to dirt to do it. None of the turf horses in there have won on turf. So also eh, for a Saratoga yeah. turf race, that's not eh, a great sign, but <laughs> maybe a couple though. <laughs> uh, race 10 is the penultimate leg of the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs Saturday, February 10th. It's also the headlining event, the grade three Sam F Davis stakes. We got a full field of 12 three-year-olds going to uh, <clears throat> going a mile in the 16th, excuse me, on the dirt here. Kentucky Derby points on the board. And our boy in the fantasy league, change of command, is the three-to-one favorite. We're screwed, aren't we? I mean, God, if he doesn't win this race, this thing is a mess, dude. Like, I went through this and I was like, you know, I don't really want to pick change of command because it's the favorite and, it, you know. Uh, change command really should win this race. And like yeah. we saw last time out in that allowance, it, it, he looked like he was going to be a lot better than he was in that race. Kind of got bored in the front. I know you were clamoring for blinkers. Uh, guess what, buddy? <laughs> They're on. So <laughs> we got, okay. We'll see if, if, if what I wanted was the right move. Cause if not, I, it's all on me, right? If the horse doesn't run well. <laughs> Yeah, well, now, yeah, now it's all on you because they watched the Magic Mike show and they heard you say add blinkers. So they added blinkers. No one else was involved in this decision. Just Magic was involved. Just, I called Sugar. I said, Sugar Bear, here's what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Uh, yeah, look, I put Change of Command on top. I And it, this is interesting. We'll, we'll see if Change of Command can sit a little bit further off the pace because there is quite a bit of speed in this spot. I, I do think the pace is going to be pretty hot. So I don't necessarily want to be right on the lead here. Um, but that last race, if we can improve off it, it's going to be pretty tough to beat. I, I just I don't see a ton of other horses in here that that really strike terror into you. For me, I, I'm going to go three deep because I think there's only three horses that can win this race, and the other two are prices. So might as well take a couple shots here. Uh, no, not going to use Agate Road. What the heck are we doing here, Pletcher? Like, I get it, but what, what are we doing? Um I'm going to go with no more time is my second pick here. Uh, Jose D'Angelo gets not this time, son of not this time. The Mucho Macho Man was disappointing. I like the fact that they swung from that race to this race, didn't want to go up against Fierceness, although that was a bad decision because everyone <laughs> could have wanted to go up against Fierceness, Fierceness last weekend. Um, but no more time comes in here. The, the win at Gulfstream, the maiden breaking score was a good win. Now we step forward. We have that Mucho Macho Man race under the belt. We step forward here, second off a layoff in the three-year-old season. Uh, it's a 25% angle for Jose D'Angelo. Paco Lopez takes them out. Uh, 10 to 1, the price is right here. Should be able to sit off the pace and pounce. So uh, I'll go with the 5 no more time as my second horse in here. Did you put Change of Command on top? I did put him on top, yeah. And and I look, consider no more time. They actually had entered him in the Holy Bowl and scratched him out of it. Um, I, ironically, after watching it back, it's like maybe that would have been an easier race for that horse to win the way things kind of played out there. I uh, didn't have a great trip in the Mucho Macho Man, but I didn't like the way Otello came back out of that. I didn't like the way C Street came out of that. Love the way First World War came out of that on turf where he's now proven he's a better horse. So uh, I get why you're no, using him. I did strongly sure. consider. We don't I, I know for it. sure he's better on turf. Well, 
He, he's won a graded stakes on turf, and he hasn't done it on dirt. So we've at least got that that we know but, about. Um, to be fair, yeah. his turf effort's good enough to win against all the dirt horses. That's true. That so is let's very get true. Back on dirt. <laughs> let's just jump back in there. Let's try it again. Uh, I, I did have change. At first, I was like, you know, I could single change of command. But, you know, he, he hung pretty badly in the uh, in that last race. Where once he got on the lead, he just kind of waited for Cardinale to come back and, and almost beat him. Give me a heart attack while watching it. But uh, I, I like that he's, you know, Gaffleon is picking up the mount now. Uh, Jose Ortiz wasn't going to have the mount anyways because he would have been unlocked if locked was in here. Um Unfortunately, he's not. So now, change of command is your is your favorite. Uh, next up for me, I went with the number two tireless at twelve to one. I I didn't want a single change of command, and I kept looking through all these other horses, going, God, who doesn't? Who could actually realistically win this? And I go, yeah, that to me that makes sense. And and I landed on the number two tireless, kind of the other Pletcher in here. Tried the turf his first two starts, which he's out of a Union Rags mare. At, does Pletcher not know Union Rags? No turfy. No, no turfy. It's it's like Utah. It's a no-grass zone. Uh, finally moves over to, to dirt at Churchill Downs, going a mile and an eighth, and <clears throat> dueled every step of the way with Raquel, who ended up pulling away late to win. But I thought that was a very uh, much improved effort. So did Pletcher. They put him back on dirt again, sent him to Tampa Bay Downs, where he could get that maiden broken, and he did so easily. Uh, it's only He only won by three-quarters of a length, but this was a case where if you watch the replay, he sat way off. It's only a six-horse field. He was three lengths behind in fourth at one point. The leader was multiple lengths ahead. Uh, this horse made it, Tireless made a three-wide move in the far turn, caught the leader, and then got himself on the front. And once he was on the front, Joe Bravo did something. He was very, very confident to the point that he smacked the horse once to get him ahead and then just hand rode him the rest of the way. And I was like, if you'd lost that at two to five, that might be the last time you ever rode for Todd Pletcher. He doesn't get the mountain back here. We go to Gallardo, who's my favorite local jockey here um, in his one for two riding for Pletcher in the last year. So I went with Tireless as my second choice here. The time form figures don't scream. This is going to be a superstar horse, but he also fits well within this group. He does. I, I This was my third horse in here. Good pick, Magic. Uh, but this is the this is the Pletcher that makes sense. This is the horse that could improve quite a bit. It's only going to be third time on dirt, and one of those times is going a mile and an eighth over a, a Churchill Downs track, which is clearly uh, just it's a tough spot, right? That early in your career, when it's it's two thousand, when you're two year old going a mile and an eighth, it's it's never easy. It ran well that day, ended up running second. Uh, also interesting, this one sold for $875,000. So a lot of people like this horse a lot for it to get up to that type of price. Um, the breeding says that the distance isn't going to be an issue. We saw that that mile and eighth race. That wasn't an issue. And you mentioned the Bravo ride. I think that has to be discussed. I mean, he was so confident this horse was going to win last time with less than an ideal trip. Like, not exactly like, hey, guess what? You know, just breezed on the front end, right? Like like uh, some of the pleasures we've seen in the past there at Church Era. At Tampa Bay Downs, Tireless was three wide. Tireless just kind of rolled right on by. And then, I mean, Bravo almost looked like he was going to eat a sandwich on the way home. It was that confident <laughs> of a ride. Uh, so I, I like Tireless quite a bit here at 12 to 1, trying to take a step forward. That's about as deep as I could get, though. Like, I looked at the 7, I looked at the 6, I looked at the 11, I looked at the 10, and I'm like, I didn't like any of them. I just, I didn't like any of them. I couldn't even figure out who I was going to put in fourth in this race. I went with Agate Road third, and this is the I think probably the last horse that made my uh, my whole ticket here. And it's 
he has the one race on dirt. It was an off-turf race at Saratoga, but he did come from 11 lengths off to miss by a nose. So clearly the closing kick that he's shown on turf, he can translate it to the dirt, dirt even though that was against you know mostly turf horses. But I, if there's a pace meltdown, to me this is the horse that's going to be coming flying and winning. And you've got another case where Jose picks up a mount that Irad theoretically would have had if he was going to be here. Now, Agate Road, the, the story was from Pletcher, that Agate Road, they entered in the kitten's joy with the intention of scratching him so they could run him here. When Pletcher knew Locked was coming, I think Pletcher already at that point knew Locked was going to be out. And they decided, well, noted's better than Agate Road. Let's send Agate Road over there and see if he can do well on dirt. So there's a lot of question marks, and he's 7-2. to two. And at that 72 price, I'm like, I shouldn't be using these top two choices. But if I can beat Nakatomi, I think that's going to knock a lot of tickets out of this sequence. And it'll still pay well, even if it's Agate Road that does it. And Pletcher's won this race. If you watch the Sam F. Davis uh, trivia show with Jason Beam beating Aaron Halterman, by the way, uh, you would know Todd Pletcher's won this race more than any other trainer. So I'm going to go with the Todd Pletcher trainees in the Sam F. Davis stakes. But I really don't want Agate Road to win. I really want it to be the ninth for multiple reasons. But just uh, I got to use this as a saver. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Actually, I don't. Don't use Agate Road. Don't do it. Folks. <laughs> don't just don't do it. Like, I, fine. If he win, if this is one of those horses where it's like, if they win, I'm okay with losing because the price is completely wrong for what we've what's proven to us that, that this what this horse runs like. Like, I would if I again, and now I'm kind of regretting not playing a fifty cent ticket here. Uh, but it, like, if I was playing a fifty cent ticket, the eleven uh, Flamino and the twelve uh, Elysian Meadows to me are much more interesting at much bigger prices here. Both of them fifteen to one. Uh, the 11, I think, is the horse that actually could pick up the pieces. Like you were talking about who does that. I think the 11's the one that could possibly do that. We saw this one uh, it come out and win or just miss wing last time out at a mile, a little over a mile. But that was a crawling pace that this horse had to try and close into. Ended up getting caught right before the wire. And the 12 has a perfect record in New York. Both of them were sprints, yes. Has showed pace, but actually passed horses in both of those as well. And last time, or in both of the two horses that he beat last time out, it came back to win off those. Now they were state-bred races. They're taking a step up in class. It's post sucks. I get all of that. But the price is right <laughs> on both the 11 and the 12 if you're looking to try and blow this thing up. Those are two horses I wanted to use here that if they were down, you know, like they drew the two posts, posts, the three posts. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. if the one doesn't show up here with doesn't belong, the eight doesn't show up here, doesn't belong. Like, if the five had just run last week like they originally intended, suddenly these horses are a lot more playable at post eight and nine. But at 11, at 12, it's not. Even, like, I, I really considered the 12 off of your angle with, I forget the horse's name, but almost beat Rocket Cannon last year, got second for Bill Mott or a couple years ago. Um it was a New York bread that was just, it didn't really make sense to me why the horse was there. And you're like, Mott does this sometimes. I'll throw a New York bread. It's Tampa. It's not Gulfstream Park. Wanted to make so badly a case for the 12 here. Just because of that post, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm not using it. But like, I, right. I would I would much rather use them over the six. I guess that's my thing. Because I just, I'm not a big Agar Road fan. And that's, I, I wasn't using that. Well, actually, I was going to have, I had Agar Road on top. And stupid horse yeah. scratched out. And then noted sucked. Yeah. Like, what's going on here, Todd? Come on. Uh, I really, I think the fact that between Locked uh, spiking that big fever and having to miss this race and Fierceness running like he did, the, the Todd Pletcher barn is in an absolute free fall. Like, if he wasn't wow. still one of the most successful trainers going on right now, I'd, I'd actually feel bad for him. <laughs> wow. Just completely writing <laughs> off the winner of this race tireless. Unbelievable. 
well, one race I'm pretty positive Pletcher's not winning is the fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Tampa Bay Downs. It's race 11. We're going back to the grass here, and I say that because Pletcher doesn't have anybody entered. So if he won this, it'd be just super impressive for him. Uh, I got 12 older fillies and mares routing a mile at the N1X allowance level. And you, sir, have a single. Who is it? I do. I'm not getting that creative here. Uh, give me the brown. And I, I went oh, back and forth on this horse. That, well, I didn't go back and forth on the horse. I went back and forth on the race of how many horses I was going to use. Uh, but royalty interest here, it, it just, look, she stands out. I, I tried to find ways to beat her, and I just, I, I looked at the other horses I like, specifically the six and the eight, who were the other two that I was interested in. The six is mainly okay. We're going to try a horse that's trying the grass for the first time that's bred to be able to handle it somewhat. And the eight, who's got you know decent numbers up in New York and now coming into Tampa versus going down to Cali. I'm sorry, going down to Gulfstream. I, it just, it, I'm really reaching when I'm trying to come up with how this three loses. And that's, that's the basic reason why I'm going to end up on royalty interest here. The horse ran well first time out, broke the maiden at Tampa, shipped up the pen in a stakes race, didn't run that great in the, that race. But now we're getting first time out as a four. Four-year-old horse is bred to run well on the turf. It's a Clarevich horse. Uh, Chaminade's riding here. Kind of wish it wasn't Chaminade, to be honest. I wish this was Jose Ortiz, who ended up on the uh-huh. six for James Toner. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to go with the, the Clarevich brown horse here in the last, who I think is uh, clearly more talented than the rest. We'll see if we can take a step forward to get the job done. I have her on top. I didn't single her, and I'll talk about it in a second. But I, I'm willing to kind of forgive her for that Penn Oaks failure, not just because she went – from breaking her maiden at Tampa straight into a stakes race where Malimu, my girl Malimu won that race. Malimu had been very competitive at Gulfstream during the championship meet. So, you know, it, it sucks that that happened. We haven't seen her in 253 days. I think it's very possible something minor went wrong with her in that race. And then when I, I read press go on her, she didn't have anything in the tank and just completely weakened out. I, I think that's why, as much as anything, why she was last beaten over nine lengths in that spot. A very logical place for her to return. It's a track. It's a distance where she's won and been successful in her training. We've already talked about it. Super successful here as well. But you brought up the reason why I didn't single her. Jose Ortiz is not on this horse. And this should yeah. be where he goes because I read wrote her two starts. I read and Jose had the same agent. Jose's on the number six apropos. And I'm going to use that horse as well. Jose is 0 for 4 in the last year riding for trainer Jimmy Toner. But this is a horse that it's five starts. She's never raced on turf. Yet she's by Mendelssohn. So theoretically, this should be where she does her best running. Uh, she's also out of a mineshaft mare. So the distance I don't think is going to be an issue. Even though she's only gone a mile but at one turn previously. Uh, she did break her maiden at Gulfstream Park on the dirt pretty impressively in the slop. I'm hoping sometimes slop horses can do well on the turf. But this really just feels like a good place for for Toner to try turf with her. It's a, it's not the championship meet at Gulfstream. It's Tampa. It's an allowance race. Other than the three, nobody here is scary. So I, I understand why they're going to show up her, here with her. So I use the six. Did you? Where do you have the six ranked? I guess I should say. A second. I mean, this was this okay. was the horse that I was I was looking at, and you missed one of the biggest things to me. I mean, the workouts, the last four all on turf, which I think <laughs> is really interesting for a horse that has never touched turf before. So clearly, they they thought there was something here, and then you look at how they have progressed. I mean, the last workout, forty six and change, going four furlongs over the turf. Now, interestingly enough, that was eleventh of fifty seven that day. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say the turf was playing pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> if that's eleventh, uh, but there were also three, four, two forty eight workouts back, back to back before that around the dogs. I think this is horse is going to show some speed here. I think Jose is going to try and get out early with this one, and this is a race where there's not a ton of speed. So I, I think the six 
has a chance to go gate to wire here. And that was one of the main reasons I was looking at it. So apropos, I thought makes a bunch of sense here if you don't like the three. But again, I don't really want to play three and six here on a $2 ticket when I'm using favorite, second favorite. I want to take it to take a stand somewhere. And so for me, I took the stand with the three. Uh, I thought the eight was a little interesting. Like I said, coming down from New York, running in some races up there, ran pretty well in that spot. Uh, I just, I think, this may be a little too short. Uh, the last couple of races all been a mile and three eighths, mile and three sixteenths, mile and a quarter. Cutting back today to a mile flat, I think that might be an issue uh, for the eight. Embrace me. And the other one uh, was the one, Serious Light, and I believe you have a little interest in this one. Yeah, this is my third. But I was looking back at the the workouts for us. I meant to do this before. <laughs> to look at who had the fastest work. Uh, it was a 45.3 seconds was not even the fastest time. Congruent for Chad Brown was second fastest. Safi had a horse go 45 flat. Wow. <laughs> on the you don't turf. see that. Like you, you never see that on the turf. That's like a you don't think he Baffert on the dirt doesn't even go 45 flat. No, no, not not unless it's going to be an absolute like super freak or something like that. But uh, uh, by the way, it was Mystic Lake was the name of that horse. Is a C2 horse that uh, that won at Tampa Bay in the Gasparilla Stakes last out. Also not on turf, but that's what they're going to try and do. Anyways, all right, number number one, Serious Light. This is my third choice here, 15 to 1, gate to wire threat. Simple as that. I think this is a horse that is coming out of a bunch of sprints where she was already forwardly placed, and then now uh, her best two efforts since moving to this trainer, who is, by the way, winning 20, 21% at Tampa in the last year, has won three of seven mounts with Santino aboard. If there's something, if the three doesn't win, if the three has something go wrong, which we don't want to happen, it just isn't there. The one is sneaky because forwardly placed. I don't think the four Fachia Bella goes with her, even though she's kind of projected to do so. I don't think the seven Tap It Up goes with her. I don't see anybody who goes with the one early down the stretch there. So that's why I used her. Yeah, I mean that's like I mentioned the six and the speed. Like the speed in this race seems dangerous, and and the one coming out of back to back five for long sprints has every opportunity to be in front. If that's the choice that you want to make here, uh, it showed good speed at Saratoga, going five and a half on the turf twice as well. So it makes a ton of sense if uh, if the distance is going to be there. Now this is a horse by City of Light. He can get the distance. So you would think that that's not going to be an issue. We'll see how much Nintendo can slow the pace down with the one here. This was my fourth horse that I would have used, but uh, obviously singled, so didn't make the ticket. And I did also, uh, you had mentioned Embrace Me. I meant to go back to that. I did consider Embrace Me for all the reasons you said. I just don't. I just don't know if she's good enough to get out. She's one for 11, has never hit the board and anything. And she, that one win came on an off turf race. Uh, but it, this is uh, you know the easiest place that she's been in uh, a year. So also good for her. Uh, let's talk real quick. I see a few people, including Doc and then Bedry, asking about the four, Faccia Bella. I don't understand uh, the love here, Micah. The horse has finished second five times in 19 starts, but only the one win. And the three starts at Tampa for Kerry Raven with Centino, Sedino aboard, they all were allowance races that were okay, but a multiple length losses. I couldn't give you a reason why she lost, like a valid reason. Well, because oh, of this trip, because of that. I just, she's not inspiring to me. Do you understand what, or get why they love the four here? Nope. I did not consider the four at all. So, um, I mean, we, we had the barn switch, went back to the, the Cary Raven barn and didn't really see a jump up after what we saw from this horse uh, in the, what I call it, early three-year-old season with Cary uh, Raven as the trainer there. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah. I mean, her, this, her this one goes... win was gate to wire, and we've just both have said there's the one's going to the lead. The four is not fast enough to keep up with her. 
Yeah, I mean, I would have wanted to see a little bit more than the three previous efforts. That, to me, is yeah. the big thing. And, and uh, lost someone else who's in this race, double Cosmo Girl as well, two back uh, at the distance. Now, the one thing I will say, I think the mile is the right distance for this horse versus the mile and a 16th. So that, to me, is the one positive if you're looking at the four. If you just uh, just specifically take the mile races, she is better than she is at any other distance, but not enough for me to uh, to jump on board here. That's going to do it for this episode of The Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I for a... Well, it ended well. Start was a little bit rough there. You, yeah. you know, I was, yeah. I was still thrown off from doing a solo show on Monday uh, while Mike was uh, stuck, trapped, Wait, as he says you in Las You had a solo? Aaron, who couldn't step up? Uh, Aaron had something going on. He, he was... He, he, yeah, no, I did a solo. It's okay. We, listen, I, I warned people ahead of time. I asked people in our Discord, which, by the way, join the Discord... Uh, but I asked people to, not you specifically, I know you won't, but I'm talking to the chat there. Uh, but I had it, it was a big chat interaction thing. So that was a lot of fun. So question for you. Um, where does fierceness go next? Breeding shed. <laughs> I mean, Florida oh, yeah. Derby is where he's going to go. You, so you don't think he's going fountain of youth? No, no, no. I think they I, stick I would... to the plan. Yeah. I mean, the plan was obviously Florida Derby, Kentucky Derby off of that atrocious effort that we saw last weekend. You don't think First World War tries the Fountain of Youth? Man. Uh, it's quick back in four weeks. He, uh, he it's might. It's not that quick. It's not that quick. And he, like, that was, I thought he looked really good on the turf last weekend. He too. did. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, who was, who was I, your Shadi says to the farm. Week? I think so too. What's that? Who was your most who was your most impressive winner last weekend outside of Nisos who can't run in the Kentucky Derby? Who was the most impressive I mean, force that could run in the Kentucky Derby? Let's put it that way. Uh I thought that from a performance perspective, I thought Mystic Dan was the most impressive because he just what, what I mean, I know he got a good rail trip and he moved up in the slot, but like Hernandez, when he pressed go, that horse exploded. And I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I, I, he ran well. I, I thought it was Hades just because I'm I'm biased to the Florida circuit. Like I'm biased to the Gulfstream circuit where I'm going to generally say those are the best horses because of where else is running. We're right last year. <laughs> he's a McPeak, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last I heard, Hades – so here's what's kind of screwy uh, is that from last week, Hades – Orsino said out of the race they were going to wait for the Florida Derby because that was just his third start. He's like, I don't want to push him too fast, which is smart. Um, and then Mystic Dan McPeak said we're going to wait for the Arkansas Derby. And so you had in our fantasy league, two teams claimed Hades and Mystic Dan. I'm like, that's great. They're boom you or bust try. because you got to wait until the 100-point race when everybody's bringing their best shots for that to happen. Now, Mystic Dan, I think, can repeat if he gets another sloppy track. But I think he definitely needs the slop to move him up. Yeah, he'll also have to be over 15 to 1 to have a chance to win. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's McPeak, it's the rule. The yeah. one other Pletcher that you didn't mention that now I think is a little more interesting is Speakeasy, who should probably be in the Fountain of Youth after what we saw from Fierceness right. and the, that debut on, on Pegasus Day. So I'll be interested to see where Speakeasy shows up as well. I'm not as big of a fan as I think a lot of people just because I have a little distance concern. So we'll see what happens there. But. Um, he seems like he has to be considered one of the top Pletcher horses as well. I mean, obviously, you still consider Fierceness one because you have seen what he can do on the racetrack. It's just that we've now got two duds and two phenomenal races, and it's you just don't know what to expect. 
Well, I forgot we gotta give out our tickets one last time. The uh, the podcast listeners going, guys. First, you give you have ten seconds of dead air, and then now yeah. you're not giving us the picks. Here they are. Here's our tickets down below. The people watch on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Take a look. Uh, for fifty cents, I'm going to go three four six with seven eight with three five nine with two six nine with one three six for eighty one dollars, Mr. Samich. Two dollar ticket for me. I'm going three four with two four with five eight nine with two five nine with three seventy two bucks for two dollars. Uh, locked. Where do you think he shows? He might go if depending if the fever spike was actually just a small fever spike or not, which we don't know yet. Uh, Fountain of Youth could be for him. Doesn't uh, set up Tampa, well for him. Maybe Tampa Bay Derby. Just skip forward. That. Yeah, like I, we'll see. I because I. It, I guess it's really how many horses do you run in the Fountain of Youth if you're Pletcher? Because we've already named like three that he could possibly send there, right? And so I also don't think Locke is very good on dirt. But I'm, you know, we'll see what happens. Shadi, the veterinarian, was there with her own thermometer and said it was a small fever. So that's good. We're happy to happy to hear good that. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Thanks, Shadi. Uh over at racingnews.com, we've got previews for uh, all of the big races happening this weekend, which might seem like a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but we have two Oaks preps, the Suncoast Stakes, which is race five earlier on this card. Life Talk should win that, I think, walking backwards. And then also the Las Virginia Stakes at Cineta Park, rescheduled from last week because of all the rain we've had. Uh, but you're going to have Copion versus Kintz? Kimmitz? I can't remember. There's a Baffert horse that's really good, and then Copion is who you see in the picture. I did the preview for the El Camino Real Derby, possibly the last time this race is run, at least at Golden Gate Fields. No longer a derby prep, but it is still an automatic qualifier for the Preakness Stakes, so go check that out. And then, of course, Aaron Halteman's preview for the Sam F. Davis Stakes. You can also get all of the picks for the weekend from Blinkers Off. And then I know on Dudes Who Bet Sports, the guys talked all about the Super Bowl, but they also uh, discussed their favorite memories about Toby Keith, who passed away very recently. So... Go check that out. I, I haven't uh, had a listen to it yet, but I heard it was a very, very nice show. So, do you have a favorite Toby Keith song? Were you ever into Toby Keith at all? Not even a little bit. I got to introduce you to Red Solo Cup. Any, anyone who's people who aren't country fans, you listen to Red Solo Cup and you go, yeah, "Okay, that's a good one." All right, I can I can take that shot. I mean, I, my because of the text messages that were sent in the dudes chat, my Toby Keith thoughts have forever been scarred. Wait, what happened now? <laughs> it's not anything we can talk about on air. We'll talk about it after we go sign off. <laughs> uh, we'll go check that out. Thanks. So, yeah, uh, Red Solo Cup's a great one. I also uh, p- a big personal fan of uh, I'll Never Smoke Weed with Willie again. I think that's also a classic. So, uh, But it's weird. The two things that I liked about, from his music were about drinking and smoking. Huh. On brand. Why is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> follow us on twitter i'm at curtis kellowart he is at some of them 18 number one number eight make sure you catch him on vsin this weekend it's super bowl time do you have any free picks you want to give the folks before we sign off uh i like the chiefs wait and see if you get plus two and a half plus three i think the number is going to keep going up a little bit i like the under wait until you see if you can get 48 and play under 48 uh highest scoring quarter my favorite prop bet plus 165 the second quarter i think is going to be the highest scoring quarter the chiefs 18 and two to the under in the second half 19 and one to the under so far this year in the fourth quarter both these teams should ratchet it up their second quarter so i think that's gonna be the highest scoring quarter also think rasheed rice has a pretty big game here as well so Rob started the show off in the chat saying, uh, <laughs> first drop in the Taylor Swift reference. Thank you. 49ers to score first. Chiefs to win is paying plus 350. That's a good, it's uh, a fun little parlay. I like that one. Shotty that going is... for the Gatorade. The Taylor, so the, the... Taylor, there's, there's 22 props 
Get it? 22 props. Uh, Taylor Swift props up on uh, DraftKings. Uh, yeah. Oh. And so that is one of them. <laughs> the, the, the Taylor Swift appetizers for uh, game for uh, Taylor Swift Super Bowl parties, I actually think are pretty funny. I can't, I can't remember what they are now. Uh, let me see if I can find them. But the puns I, that I bet, came well, up I'll, with. I'll, I'll talk strong. for a second while you look it up because I'm pretty sure my wife would also know that. And if she doesn't, then I have to find it and send it to her. I know you also are big on the national anthem prop. I don't know who's singing the national anthem. Have you looked into that prop at all? Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. We're currently sitting at 90 seconds, which would be the fastest national anthem in Super Bowl history. However, Reba has sung the national anthem six times prior at major sporting events, and she flies through this puppy. I think it's under 90 seconds. Wow. Okay. I just, I think country. And then when you say it would be the fastest ever, I'm like, oh, country plus fastest ever. Got to go way over that. No, she, she is, she flies through it. Um, Doc speaking from experience. Yeah. I can't find the good. Oh, you know, that's a good point, Doc. She doesn't hold her notes like she used to. She's getting up there in age. I can, I, I, I get that. I believe she put up a, a one minute and 11 performance once. Reba McIntyre National Anthem <laughs> History. Doc, is it, what do you blend Taylor Swift? Know your audience. Also, Queen of Pop, shut up. Yeah, so 78 seconds at the <laughs> 1985 National Rodeo Final, 66 seconds in the 1985 World Series, and 83 seconds in the 1997 World Series. And that's when she that's was fast. young. Yeah. <laughs> That's fast. What if she forgets the words because she's old? Uh, you can bet whether or not she will forget a word. Right now, yes is plus two forty. I think that they have it every that's year just for national. Mean. I singers. was being mean, and that's mean. <laughs> no, they have it every year. There's a lot of singers that forget a word, or they don't. They don't know the actual words to the song, and they leave a word out, or they put a wrong word in there somewhere. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why you got to watch Mike Samich on VEASAN on the weekends. Make sure you get all of his coverage over there. Uh, all the Super Bowl talk. I'm sure the VEASAN channel has tons of Super Bowl props and bets you can go check out as well. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Good luck this weekend. Have fun betting on the Super Bowl. Mike and I will be back. Uh, we'll be back next week, Thursday. There's nothing to talk about next week, Monday. Um, I'm sure Jared will still be gushing over the Chiefs' win. So we'll just uh, do more celebrating on that. So until next Thursday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Go Chiefs! The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.